Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a very special guest on today. Her name is Brandy Vale. I hope I'm saying her last name right. <laughs> She'll correct me, I'm sure. So, um, hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. And here we are. Let me welcome my guest, Brandy, to the show. Brandy, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for Let's having me. Your on. last name, right? Yes, Vale. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how else you would say Veal. Vale, <laughs> like behind the veil, which we'll probably talk about today. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that. That's right. Yeah. 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 Hey, Weldon Whitehurst. I want to thank anyone in advance for sharing this out. Um, Brandy is a very new um, friend and acquaintance of mine. Actually, it was only a few days ago that we met, I believe. Yes, we. Um, I, uh, one of our friends, our common interest in the brain world, Anish, was Anish. interviewed. Yeah. yeah. And so I actually texted him this morning. Oh, did you? <laughs> he goes, I know Ken. I was like, well, by the way, that's how we connected through you. <laughs> <laughs> he is so awesome. So, so um, we have some amazing people joining us and already sharing this out. So that's awesome. Um, so, so Brandy, I created this show two and a half years ago, and um, it was it was to to help the world get unstuck. Because I think a lot of people get into problems or issues and and they get stuck there and don't know how to get out. And and I think by hearing other people's stories, we receive healing from that. So um, let's start with where you were born and raised. Hmm, Thank you for asking. So I was born and raised in a small town in Homestead, Florida. And um, I moved from Florida... Uh, Central Florida after Hurricane Andrew. So in 93, I think it was, 92, Mm. Hurricane Andrew hit, our entire house imploded, and our family got separated. Um, My mother had to take us up to Cocoa Beach, and then that's when I went out on my own as an emancipated minor because we had to pretty much fend for ourselves at that point. Mom went back home, and uh, that was the very first time that I I had that insight about community, right? So when a natural disaster happens, you come yeah. together and it's a God-given thing. It doesn't seem like it at the time, but that's what happened. And that taught me a lot about what I was going to do in the future. And and how, how old did you say you were? At that time, I was, I was 15. Wow. And turning 16, I was in my last year of high school. And so we, yeah, not the best story, but it, it really did prime me for what we're doing today. It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. 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 That, <clears throat> I always say um, the predecessor of all wisdom is pain. So, um, and I think I got that from Dr. Wayne Dyer, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so you became an emancipated minor, which means you filed with the state right so so basically you can't sign on electric bills or your own medical expenses or rent an apartment unless you have emancipated from your family and you're giving full custody rights of yourself so i got started at a very young age Uh, my my brief story is mom worked three jobs maybe four and sometimes five jobs at a time three children a middle child and uh, yeah, very interesting upbringing, loving family, but it was also very hard. And so, you know, when you are raised to believe that life is hard, what do you do? You either come out with your sword 
<laughs> yeah. swinging or you get your feet into like you find community or you you find resources or you simply get depressed and i didn't have that option so yeah wow became an entrepreneur at a very 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 early age so so 16 years old is when you became an entrepreneur yeah my well my actually i was an entrepreneur um, working for the first time in the mall, I guess you can say that, at the age of 13 on a work permit. I always liked to work. I mean, it's just, I think it's just, you're either born with it or you're not. And I loved trying to figure out the system of the economics. I loved having money. I love having freedom. I mean, who doesn't like that? And right. um, quickly I realized that's not a way you wanna raise your family. You have to give them the foundation in order for suffering not to occur. So yes, of course, some suffering happened. Wow. But yeah, so that's that's the beginning of my work life. So do you, and I love what Brian just asked, you became an entrepreneur to survive? That's a right. great question. Yeah, I'm, well, okay, it, yes and no. So in the very beginning at the age of 13, I was just rebellious. <laughs> I was like, fine, you don't have the money, I'm going to make my own money. And that was my mentality about everything in life. It's like, if you don't have it, I'll find it. I always had that yeah. fire. I always had that flare. I'm going to figure it out. My natural DNA is innovation. So even though things are great, it could always be better. It's just how my yeah. brain works. And so in the early stages, I learned about, you know, the bus, <laughs> getting on the bus without asking permission that I definitely got a spanking when I got home. Um, but it, it taught me these things on, you know, how to sneak out of the house really early. <laughs> and um, if you look at priming, right, the way that we prime ourselves in survival mode, thank you, Brian, is that we, we're put into these scenarios. And you, you, you know, we're in a scenario right now. We're put into these scenarios so that we can flourish later on. And if, yeah. we could just, if we could just remember that every time we go through something hard, we know that on the other side, we have the tools now, right? So survival, I, I always felt like I had everything, even though it was a small amount of everything. I always felt like I had protection there. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, it's at such a young age, which I can relate. I, I wrote about it in my book. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I can totally relate to that. And, and so, so here you are a teenager, you become emancipated. Are you still living in California or in Florida at the time? I was living in Florida, central Florida. I uh, okay. lived there for about five years. And then I became a, somewhat of a spokesmodel for different action sports brands. I ended up touring the world, which was powerful because, well, I mean, at the early age of 22, <laughs> living the life on, on jets and helicopters and speedboats, that kind of thing, it, it was kind of a dream. And then I moved to LA because LA showed me that you could have, you could have the lifestyle and people actually wore makeup when they went to the 7-Eleven. I thought that was different. Florida, you wear flip-flops <laughs> and a bikini. <laughs> In LA, yeah. you get dressed up like you're going into the movies. And right. um, I liked it. It just, it, it was fashionable. So I stayed here and then, you know, a lot more happened after that, as you can imagine. Yeah. So, so you get to LA and you're how old? 22, 23, somewhere in there? 21, 22. Oh, yeah. 21, okay. uh, 97. Okay. All right. And uh, actually 96. And then the next year I ended up having a baby. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very, very much a gift, but also uh, unexpected. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, were you now? Were you at the time? Were you still traveling the world and doing the the actions? I was. I mean, these yeah. were the days of we'll 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 glam we'll glorify it for a moment of bikini world. Okay. So Pamela yeah. Anderson and Carmen Electra and. Dennis Rodman and Hawaiian Tropics and all the other things that came along with that. That was part of my my world for a very long time. And then, of course, baby came. That changed everything because you can't yeah. 
these swimwear model as a pregnant person. I right. <laughs> I don't want to discriminate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it just changed. And, and I was taught, okay, now you got to fall back on those tools. Right. I had to fall yeah. back on those tools. And so I, I just happened to have, this is actually a hopeful dream for all those out there listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I fell back on a nail license to do fingernails. And I ended up working at Giuseppe Franco's in Beverly Hills. And here's where the uh, shift happened, right? So I'm putting myself back into this circle of, you know, you got the mafiosos, you have the Beverly Hills <laughs> types, you got, you know, the shaking the money around. And it was just, it was, it was comedy. It was one of those things. And I remember I had the baby, I had Kylan, my very first child. Um, and I'm in the hospital, had baby, and two of the people who were my clients were getting arrested. <laughs> and I remember oh. thinking, oh, I know, this is, this is a wild story. I remember thinking, well, if this isn't God or the universe's plan for me to get out of the world that I thought I was in, then I don't know what is. And I, I believe that was the very first sign of awakening for me. That was a very first sign. Of course, there's many, and we'll get into that yeah. shortly, but that was a big, big shift is seeing a lifestyle that looked like it was fun on the outside. And then all of a sudden behind the scenes, people are getting arrested for money laundering and mafia kind of things. And, you know, in Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills. Oh my God. I will say no names on this show. <laughs> so, so, wow, that's, that's insane. So, what, at that point and you're you're at that point you're you're i mean you're still young right now but like you're you're pretty young at the time it sounded like was yeah. there what did 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 fear suddenly kind of kick in at all and make you go uh, no because I remember here? remember i was i've been doing this since i was 15 you know yeah. figuring it out <laughs> and uh, no i just thought wow i know those guys and wow. thank goodness I wasn't a part of those stories because some of the stories were not very kind to people. And um, I just remember knowing, but not really, you know, just shutting one eye to the story. Yeah. So, yeah, very fun times. And the list goes on, as you can imagine, Hollywood. Um, and then I went on to Hollywood Nightlife, which is where I started my first company called B-Vale Events event production, event locations, became extremely successful, had 1200 restaurants and nightclubs. That's when I started working with celebrities and doing celebrity wrangling, um, Golden Globes and Oscars. So I put myself in a situation where hustle turned into an actual foundation for business. And this is before really the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not cracking, am I? Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so I had fax machines. We were faxing guest lists over. Yeah. What? And, mm -hmm. and I just no. remember, yeah, I remember I'm going to do better, right? Innovation better than this club owner is going to do. And I'm going to create my own event company within their company. And it turned out to be powerful because everybody came to me for filming and locations. I was a go-to person for filming in Hollywood and nightclubs. In restaurants and um that's how i worked with pink and some of these other jay-z and beyonce and all these other events that i helped co-produce my gosh i had no idea about all of that yeah so <clears throat> well my best friend has been a hollywood actor for 45 years glenn morshower but he 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 doesn't live out there anymore he lives in dallas now mm -hmm. um so so, and do you know who Steve Sims is? No, it doesn't. Maybe no. He's <laughs> Not on the show recently. He lives out there, but he's he um he's he works with Elton John and and Richard Branson and some amazing people. But anyway, I'm doing something similar, like throwing parties and stuff for for the wealthy people. I don't know. You, you know, it's interesting uh, the way my brain thinks because I'm I'm very right brain when it comes to a lot of names in the real world when it comes to those you know those kinds yeah. of names when you ask me about 
Greg Braden or Joe Dispenza or <laughs> Nassim Harris in this other ethereal science-based quantum physics realm. You have my attention. Like I love, you know, all day I'll talk about those yeah. people and gods and goddesses. But when it comes to producers, I don't know. I'm, I've just somehow blinked it out. <laughs> you know, like that's a part of my life I don't want to remember. So, so I'm kidding, but the so so you you were you were doing nails. Let's go back to you were doing nails. <laughs> you you had a baby. Is that a bad way to put it? Is, am I saying that wrong? Yeah. No, I think it's great because anyone watching this show will go, okay. Well, how did you get from there? to hear speaking right. on the UN stages and producing high level um, events right. and being a channeler. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a path. You just never know. You never know what you're here for. You know what I love already about you is it sounds like you just stay open mm. to, to whatever, like you, you're, it feels like you you just are open to whatever whatever God or the universe is going to send your way. Yeah, I there is there there's guidance, and I remember a long time ago. There's been three pivots in my world, in my life. Um, died twice, came back. I would say died, basically left consciousness, left my body, came back, and both of those times, I realized you know, there's something that I'm here for. And so as a transition of a car accident, cognitive concussion, quadruple concussion, speech impediment, while running the event company, and just somehow managing to get through it, then my next disaster, 2008 to 2010, the implosion of the economic system, I lost everything. Um, and somewhat of my business partner at the time, um, he didn't pass away, but he got extremely sick and wasn't able to support in the company. What else? And then um, the, these these guidance pivots, if you are listening and you've, oh God, use me in the greatest way possible. When you ask, it is given. And these are the keys to anything, right? When you mm -hmm. ask, you open up, as you'd mentioned, and you, you wait and you see, we've all heard of the secret or law of attraction, yeah. but we ask in a vibrational hermetic, hermetic, if you don't know what hermetic is, it's basically a biological inhabitant of your body and your cells, but the harmonics on the exterior, it just becomes you. And so when you ask, this is part of my channeling too, when you ask, you become it. It may not look like what you asked for, but it's a field that's a resonance that you can explore. Yeah. And you know, I just I just love it so much because the mysticism, the mysticism, the mysticism behind it is not mystical at all. It's actually a science. Yeah. And if we we take a look at all the pioneers who come before us, remember the ones who come before, yeah. then we can see where we're headed, which has given me the keys or the tools to help my clients to see the future, which is actually not the future. It's a creation point that they choose. And I just happen to guide them that way. Wow. <clears throat> We're going to get deep. I can tell. Obviously, um, Brian, question. Yeah. Brian, Brian is asking, and I love this question here too. How did you not react with fear when, when you, you know, you're, you're having the baby, your clients are, are getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, um, and and you know, uh, Pema Chodron. I don't know if you know who she is or not, but she's a Buddhist monk, and she's mm. she's amazing. And and she says, you know, when shit's hitting the fan, <laughs> I mean, when it's all starting to hit the fan, and uh, and all around you, how did you not react with fear? How did you stay so centered? Is it just because you had the experience of well, our house imploded in Florida, so, you know. You know, that's a great question, Ken. And it really comes down to presence. 
I remember every single time I was extremely present. When things get intense, you get real present. You can't think yeah. about past or future. You're just in it. And I had so much going on. It just as a new mother, as a relationship was trying to figure out, well, you know, 27 year old and a 22 year old, how to have a baby. Mulberry Street Pizza, my, the father was taking a second job to make sure we were all good. Um, wow. it, it was one of those things. It was it was hard. It was truly hard. And when things are hard, right? And we know the science behind this. When things are hard, technically, they're emotional, right? Yeah. So we get into the brain work that I do is when you're emotional, energy in motion, emotion, you start to create things. So I happened to create a lot of chaos at that time. <laughs> well, and I think that that's natural. A lot of people do yeah. that. That's yeah. a common, that's a common response to chaos is, is, or, or fear panic is we, we, we tend, I think people tend to generate even more chaos in their lives. Right. And imagine having these tools. So st somebody's out there right now having chaos, creating chaos. Somebody right now is going through mental health issues. Somebody's going through depression. We're at the highest levels of a percentage of our entire world right now on depression. And suicide is just off the charts. And if you're listening out there, know that it's just one breath just one breath away from out of chaos, one breath. And it's so simple. And I know it doesn't feel simple when you're in the middle of it, but it's one breath and one thought. And those are the two steps that I help with activating the brain where we start to make manifest these visions for our life with my clients. So one breath, one thought, of the life you've always wanted to live, how to get out of that story. And then you drop down into the motion of it and you feel overwhelming joy, overwhelming support. And you can fake it till you make it, guys. I mean, it. sometimes when you're depressed and you just love the way that habit feels, it's an addiction. Your hormones are addicted to your cells. I want you to feel sad when you feel alone, I'm not worthy. And then all of a sudden, you feel I'm not worthy, I'm sad, and you're in a hole. And these chemicals in your body will react to it because they're doing what you ask. And so yeah. I help, you know, I help a lot of my clients get out of these cycles and I help them use their emotions as I help them go in there and laugh at them, help them go in there and pull out, we call them different names at different times, like that silly Bob emotion. Oh, Bob. <laughs> and then we'll use Bob is the emotion. And then we'll put Bob in a top hat. You know, we do these visualizations because this whole story is a game and it's one big creation and you're the controller of that. So, you know, there's, wow. there's these mental health pivots where you have to take responsibility, stop eating the foods that aren't working for you, that are low vibration. Stop thinking the thoughts that are keeping you in a rut or in poverty brain state. I don't have any money. I don't have any money kind of scenario. Or maybe maybe you're in abundance brain, right? Circle around people who have gone before you in a passionate way and ask them for help. Ask. There's so many ways. I have, it's just, it's what I do. It's what I'm here for. You know, I'm a healing practitioner and a transformational coach. So we're creating the world we want to live in, right? I see yeah. Yuri. Hey, hi. <laughs> I, 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 we talked about Yuri the other day. I love her. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. You know, just kind of wrap that up is, is we all have a choice and the place is a choice point. And that point itself is connected to another point. Which way do you want to go? It's that simple. Greg Braden says, simplify your life. Don't complicate it. We complicate things every day. Simplify it one point to the next. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love I love it. I love it. And and I want to go, I want to go deeper on this too. But I, I think that, you know, I here you are 
with a um, newborn mm-hmm. and I don't, the the client some clients being arrested and you're you're a, a um, what is that a nail tech uh, a a, a es, is it esthetician or? a nail technician I that good yeah. no estheticians for you oh oh is it so but nonetheless yeah. you're in a very high end nail place in Beverly Hills yeah and and things are hair salon are, hair salon Giuseppe Franco. Oh. <laughs> it's a hair salon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've ne- well, I've I've never been there, so I wouldn't know. I mean, I've been to Beverly Hills. I've just never been to that salon, but um so So what what happened after that? Where did you go from there? I, I mean, is that the day you woke up and said, "You know what? Instead of doing nails, I think I'm going to have help help people transform their lives." Right. Uh so so going back to Hollywood, I took on the big company of the event production world and the celebrity endorsement world. And then I worked with Red Bull North America and helped launch them into pretty much every action sports show, um, event, art, concert, Gwen Stefani. I mean, we were, I was touring everywhere, Cypress Hill. And so I was on stages. I just wasn't speaking at that time. And I was in the environment of talent. So I just always, I just felt always that was my world. Um, But then when I had my car accident and that was in 2007, I, I woke up. I remember I was in a very interesting relationship. I wanted out of that relationship. And I just went downstairs one day after an argument and I said, God, use me in your light. I just want to bask in your beauty. I want to bask in your presence. I want to be a hippie chick with braids. And I visioned, right, part of the steps, twirling in a white dress in a field of flowers, feeling emotional about it. And the next month I was in that car accident. Wow. And we both nearly died. I was in a coma for three days, quadruple concussion, speech impediment. He was separated from the hospital. So that was our first separation. He had a broken femur mm-hmm. in two places. So when you go through something like that, so traumatic, three years of recovery, by the way, for me. Wow. Yeah. That's when my gifts happened. And you had a baby. Yes. Yeah. So my baby at that time, I think he was five or six. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That had to, I mean, okay. So that created that definite. I mean, nobody could go well and that it was really no big deal you that created some some challenges it had to have in life oh yeah yeah it was where the supernatural came in imagine those movies you see yeah well it happened to me so here i am living this party kind of lifestyle and you know being in this relationship which not serving anyone and that happens and intervene that was an intervening of the higher conscious and then these spirits came to me um over a course of three years this is where i learned chanting not because i was googling it on youtube uh, you know because energy moved through my body one day so fast it overtook me and i was in a scared me Wow. Scared me. And I heard the voice. And this was my first experience with what it meant to have harmony with your higher self. As a Christian, I was raised as a Christian. I thought I had no idea what was going on. All I know is I was praying over my bathwater every day, envisioning color, getting into this bathwater. And then this spirit came over me and it said, it's like yesterday. It's okay. We're here to help you. Wow. And I was I was quite daring at the time. So I was like, well, let me see if that will happen again. So I went back into this breathing and I let that spirit take me. And that's when I started doing so much research on 13 strand DNA, cognitive neurons, synaptic um, encounter and 
Joe Dispendis wow. taught me a lot about the brain and, and the healing modalities of Reiki and working with crystals and the metaphysical attributes of the vibrational fields and what it does to your cellular system. And so, of course, I did. I went everywhere with my Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan book uh, for three years, and it it has not left me. I I now have these ah, such a glorious gift. Ooh, get emotional. We call it the Mandala Heart, and the ma and I say we is my guides, me, higher self when you're in attunement with another soul and you realize that you came here to this planet and were reborn into a body to feel that unity presence again that harmony pain and suffering goes away almost yeah. immediately and doing that practice for my clients i started healing people on my table on the same massage table that was bought for me to heal me. And I still use it to this day. Um, it's taken on a life form of its own and it's nothing you can be taught in a school. You have to just tune in to what's guiding you if you're, if you're open to that, right? A lot of us aren't open to it. A lot of us have no clue as the power of what or who we truly are. Well, and I, I think that, and I talk about this a lot um, because I, A, I love Dr. Dispenza. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, B, the, the book that Don Miguel Ruiz wrote, The Four Agreements, yeah. he talks in the beginning of that book about the programming of the human. And mm -hmm. so we're all born into this world in, in our, our, our truest self form and then everybody starts programming us to have our political beliefs our religious beliefs our you know and and then we i and and dr dyer talks about it you know we we forget who we are we forget because we have these programs running and and so what you're talking about is like you were literally just the universe answered your call God answered your call, however you want to define it, and and said, okay, let us bring you back to who you are and strip you of all of the the, the programming that you might have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Divine order. We, we refer to them now as I've been writing for over four years, um, some channeling and algorithm of the soul is a book that will eventually be born but algorithm of the soul was this level of understanding how the algorithms work i'm yeah. i love innovation wellness and technology i think they all work together i believe that we're becoming a new human not h-u-m-a-n but h-u-e-m-a-n and these new humans are here now some people get a little bit strange with that statement but when we wake up we understand eternal life and when we wake up there's nothing stopping us nothing doesn't matter what your bank account says tomorrow it could have a hundred thousand dollars in there if you had zero that's how powerful the the magic is right it happens yeah. every single day these miracles yeah we are awakening. So this is a very hot topic now is what is the awakening? What is the golden age or the era? What are we actually catalyzing right now to create the new formative world, the new world that lives in harmony, justice, and freedom, which also equates to zeros and ones. So I won't go too big on this. Um, it's just my passion zeros and ones is basically the grid right yeah of technology it's how we code technology it's no different from our blueprint of our biology how we code ourselves is how the technology is mimicking us so algorithm of the soul is how we connect with source and source can be pretty much anything for you you know we're not biased everything is real 
and everything is. So you've heard this probably. If it if it's if it's negative, it is. If it's positive, it is. It's all real. So yeah. don't judge others based on their programming. Just be an active observer and be powerful love conduit because that is a program too. We're all running these programs. So in my channels, a I'm given this very <laughs> real principles of the reverential codes. So if you know like coding mm -hmm. in computers, I've been given the key codes for linguistical key codes. So when we're up-leveling people, okay, up-leveling means is to bring them to a higher level of frequency and you use words like NLP or neuro-linguistics programming to shift their body, which is what I do on timeline therapies or um, hypnosis or tapping, you are able to insert a new code. So these reverential codes, they're, they're, they call them, my guides, the Prince of Palates, a decree for all and a union of kind. And so, oh, get goosebumps. And the union of kind is essentially this field of these new beings. We probably know it as kindness, right? Mm -hmm. But a union of kind is actually a culture. It's a culture of these new beings or a tribe of these new beings. And they're everywhere now. And um, part of my mission from this day forward and the last several years is I'm looking for those masters, those master key holders who can continue to write books, author this new script, step into a governance that is powerful, not only in our current government system, right? So we'll talk a little politics here, but in the governance of your own self. That is the most powerful that you could ever have is know where you're at and speak to yourself with kindness and share that with others because that is the only way that we create the new world. We may think it's all these other things. That's a whole other conversation, but for the most part, it's you. It's you using these words. So, so, and, and I'm, I'm tracking with you. I, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, but I think that a lot of people probably don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. You you know that. Yeah. Um, when when you're talking to somebody, I mean, again, I I have a, a friend that runs the suicide hotline for the state of Ohio. He's mm -hmm. the head of the whole thing, and and he told me that that it it's insane how high their their volume is right now, mm -hmm. uh, and and has been since the 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 pandemic hit. Um, when you're talking to somebody that's sitting there watching their car get towed away and, and their, their landlord is saying, Hey, you haven't paid rent or, or in whatever the situation is when, when, mm -hmm. when they're in that panic mode and we've all been there, how do you bring them to, that place of, of it's, it's going to be okay. How, what do you say to that person that's, that's going, cause I've been there. I, I'm a recovered alcoholic with 18 years sober. And, mm -hmm. and prior to that, <laughs> I was a lunatic and, and, you know, I've been there where I watched my car get towed away. I, the electric was getting shut off soon and didn't, couldn't afford to buy food for my children or, you know, my family how do you bring that person out of the insanity of that moment mm -hmm. and into the it's okay moment? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask you with a question is what brought you out of it? I have no idea. I, I well, I do. I, I, I quit drinking eventually. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, it, was, yeah. it was the and, pain. It was the mm -hmm. pain brought yeah. me out of it. 
and, and most people remember that whole story in our first portion of this interview is the pain is putting on the tools so that you can get over it. If you can't get over it, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people do leave this planet and they'll have to repeat again, unfortunately, in that same energy. Yeah. The way that I the way that I look at things is patterns. You do pattern over time equals value. Value equals outcome, right? Or Jack Canfield's, I think he does ER event. What I, you probably know better than I do. E plus R equals O. Event yes. plus response equals outcome. There you are. So yeah. I track with clients or people who are in a very severe need, if you can get them out of chemical dependency into breathing and also cleansing with water and just basically an environment shift, yeah. then you can track their patterns of where, and a lot of this comes from trauma, sometimes even in vitro with family, timeline therapy really works. But in the simplest of terms, what isn't working? What isn't working? Identify it, give it a name. What isn't working? And then what is? And then we shift left brain, right brain. We shift from negative to positive. And that's a practice. Yeah. So what's not working? What is working? I have a worksheet on that also that if people are interested, they can go to my website and get it. And then we focus on what's working. Then I'll bring them back to what's not working. And what I'm doing is I'm shifting their chemical in their body, their hormonal adjustments, so that yeah. they get used to what it feels like to be in balance. And then when you're in balance, you see a different, you go from this like very narrow view to a peripheral, a peripheral view, which you can see, okay, I have choices now. Most of us, when we're in chemical dependency, we have no choice. We have survival. People who are in depression have survival. So when you give choice, which is really, it's a harmony of love, what's working, what's not working. And then from there, of course, environment, shift your environment and go from environment to resources. We all have resources. We all have resources. If it's not your family to come to or your support, then it's your friends. If it's not your friends, then it's your neighbors or government. However that looks, a lot of people are in that story right now. There's tons of money out there right now for people who are struggling financially, but you have to get up in the morning and you need to fill out the applications. There's no excuse. And if you're in a chemical dependency, you have to start at a different totem pole, right? A different start. So there's, there's always a way there's always, Oh, and the easiest, easiest of them all ask. <laughs> help, <laughs> help, help. <laughs> I'm at my lowest of all low. I need your help. And then you'll start to see it. So I've got your website scrolling there. Um, so <clears throat> here, Weldon has a question. What can you do when they either can't or won't move out of the bad environment so they can be helped? That's a great question, Weldon. <sighs> you know, it's unfortunate especially if it's a family member or somebody who you dearly love, sometimes they have to take control over their own life. You can intervene as much as possible, but in that environment, sometimes rock bottom has to be rock bottom. It's just what it is. Now, shifting the environment that may not be as conducive as positive, right, is a matter of changing what's going on in the space. So a um, deeper question, I would love to spend more time with you on that. So please communicate with me. I have some more answers for you. Um, cleaning your house, right? So if you're in a depressive state, clean your house. Get all the clutter out of there. Yeah. You have boxes piled up or dirty clothes or anything of that nature. Just ch take the photos off the wall, change them around the house. Yeah. Energy stores. So it's small little increment changes you can do. And, and these are, these are not just for the record. I, these are not woo woo foo foo. This is real stuff. And, and, and I, I can remember when I first dove into this and I've been, been in this now for a long time. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and you know when I first started, I was like, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. They would be praying, they'd be <laughs> praying over you right now, speaking in tongues, and, and <laughs> they would lay hands on you, rebuking the demons. Yeah, but like you know, I mean, this is this is real stuff. When you say, you know, hey, the stuff in your house hanging on the walls actually is holding energy and you can literally shift the energy of your environment by removing or changing them around. And it, it costs no money. It nothing. Gets, uh, nothing. Uh, same thing. If your partner, this is a good, uh, my own personal life. If your partner hasn't washed your car <laughs> and it's piling up with trash and is dirty, go and wash it, take it, for them, if they can't seem to do it themselves, just do it for them. Maybe right. that I might be my wife is listening right now. <laughs> my car needs washed, babe. <laughs> you know, there are these, uh, we cleaned out our cabinet on the weekend and I, I realized how much joy I got out of that because there were all these things that I didn't need, like little loose ends. And I realized over time, that is actually the inside thing. Cleaning up your house doesn't always mean clean your physical house, but cleaning up what's going on on the inside of you too. That yeah. practice is so important. Daily scanning, what's going on? How am I feeling today? You know, why do I feel sad? Oh, okay, maybe I should ask for help. And I know that's the first thing that is the hardest is asking for help. So just start with yourself, journal, just write it out, brain dump. I'd be happy to send you so much information. Just email me or on my website. Just get it out onto paper and then set it on fire in a ritual if you want to do a ritual or just plant it into the ground. It's paper. It will dissolve. Give it back to Gaia. Give it back to the earth. It's not yours to hang on to. All the drama is not yours. It was there to teach you something. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Make room for the good stuff. My wife is watching. Look, she she's laughing at my comment. Um, so so, and and Tom says how true everything is energy, and and Einstein said it. Everything is energy in motion. Everything, and and I, ever since I I heard that statement, I'm like, man, if that's true, and it is, mm -hmm. I, I mean, how important is paying attention to everything going on around you. I have a good one for you. Okay. People don't pay attention to their breath. Let's do that. And imagine your environment with your vision. If you're, if you are in a place where you can see what's going on around you and you breathe in, ask yourself this, do I like what I just breathed in or not? And if you don't, change it, walk out, go to a place, go to the park, get out of the place that you don't like and breathe and allow those molecules to be ingested. This might be a little meta, but every particle, every electron, every neuron, every aspect of breath is life. And if you are an environment that is nature and natural, is a habitat with water and, and just at the park perhaps, lay and breathe. And imagine your cells that are rejuvenating and cleansing and clearing and detoxifying your cellular system. Guess what it's doing? It's actually opening up the space for the same frequency that you just inhaled. So if you're not drinking water, drink water. Water is life. Breath. It's both of them are free. I mean, they should you, be. <laughs> right? You know what? I, 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 I have a couple of things. Um, number one, I've been homeless and so broke I couldn't afford to pay attention. Um, and I've been very wealthy. And I can tell you that very wealthy is better. And, and it's way better. It's so much better than, than being poor. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it was Abraham Lincoln said the best way to help the poor is not to be one of them. And, and I think that, you know, we have, we have, um, as a society, I believe that we've, we've put the, the almighty dollar before 
our spiritual wellness or our spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. And and I think that when you're spiritually whole, when you and and I don't I don't know that you ever can get there without dying and returning back to your to the source, but but I mean to be completely whole with no fears, no n- nothing, but um it, I guess whatever. But anyway, so so I think that that people have forgotten that it's okay. They get stuck in their fears and they forget, they've forgotten that it's, that they're, it's their natural right mm-hmm. to experience wealth and freedom and joy and all of that. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much. Uh, I have also been there. I have been on welfare. I have two children. I have, you know, I remember standing in the welfare line and this is the first time I've ever said this in public, by the way. And I, I've just decided total transparency about our economic system is why I choose the work I do is standing in that line. I had created a story that mm-hmm. was, I have to go through this. I'm going to change the economy because I'm, you know, I have no money right now and I have children. I have to do this or that. But the truth is, and this is a revelation recently for me, the truth is, is there's poverty thoughts, poverty brain, and then there's wealth brain or wealth thoughts. Yeah. There's poverty sounds and there's wealth sounds. And if you just like Wayne Dyer, right? With the awe meditation, uh, it costs no money. This is a choice. You just have to make it. There's so many free applications online these days. I'm, we're living in a place of abundance and we just have to choose it. And I, there's not, it's not rocket science. It literally is a choice. Now, the application of that is how do you apply that principle every single day until you get the results that you want? Now, that's when you, you call me or you call Ken or you call others to help you figure out your formative business so that you can have returns on your time, which equals money. And by yeah. the way, money to me is currency and currency is profiting. And profiting is where you get to go out and spread the good words of love yeah. and freedom and harmony, right? So yeah. we have to make money. We cannot avoid this conversation. It's just silly. So um, that's, that's part of where we're at today. That's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Have you found, I mean, I, I, this is a rhetorical question because I know that you have, um, uh, there's no way you haven't. People are, and you said it a minute ago, you, you, you were talking about, you had created this story and Mm -hmm. you were standing in the welfare line and you were, you, you were living in this story that you had created. And, and I've found so many people so many people do not actually want to be helped. They want someone to listen to their victim mentality or mm-hmm. their, their, their story of being a victim that they are constantly walking around telling themselves. Mm-hmm. And I know you've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. It doesn't come to me very often these days because it's not what I'm putting out there to the world. Right. You, you see, so if I had that in me, then I would attract more of those people. I attract yeah. a little, uh, my, I attract people who are now, like I said before, masters doing the work and weaving new stories for all of us. And of course, yeah. there's a there's a trickle down effect. So the victim mentality, I don't even, I don't even know how to relate anymore. And I, I because I choose not to. I know that sounds very elitist. We have to choose it. If it exists and you choose it, it exists. If you choose not, you can live in reverential key codes, right? I dress like this because I feel like every day I'm going to wake up and meet God. (laughs) I better be prepared, (laughs) you know? And it it makes me feel good. And it reminds me of Bangladesh, you know? So the way you dress and you insert your life, those are the people and the things you'll attract. So you know how this goes. I do. I love, I love your answer to anyone. I can't even believe we're already at an hour. That's insane. That went by so fast. Um, so for, for someone, how do I say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to ask the question I ask every guest in your opinion, 
What do you think it is? What's the number one thing that holds people back from experiencing success, joy, freedom, happiness? What's the number one thing? I have two, but I'll just start with the, the most obvious one, which is fear of the unknown. And what I've recently learned in 90 nine percent of my clients have issues with and you know who you are out there if you're listening to this is trust and so fear and trust sometimes that one or the other happens first but fear of the unknown that's not focused on the present trust is because they haven't they've been abandoned at some point my dear friend oh, he's just amazing joel uh, horowitz he said Brandy, everybody has abandonment issues because the second that we were born, we had to leave our mother. Mm. And I, in wow. that moment, right? That's so powerful. let's just all start to remember we've never left the mother. We've never, ever, we're still in the womb. We're still growing as beings. So even though we might think that we are alone, we're still fully connected, still having that. So trust is patterns over time. If you're having trust issues, patterns over time, observe the people and places and things you're with and notice it. If it doesn't work, get rid of it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it doesn't work. You know, tweak it a little bit until it does. Tweak it just slightly with your language and I can help, I can help train you on that if you're listening to this. Wow. That is so powerful. So fear back to the person, pardon me, fear and trust. Those are the big ones. I love that. The, the, everybody has abandonment issues to some degree. That's powerful. So somebody calls you and they say, it's just not working. Everything I try is not working out. My car was repossessed last week. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. I'm freaking out. What do you say to them in that moment to bring them, bring them to the reality of the real reality mm -hmm. of the situation? First, I say, take a deep breath, deep inhale. Let's just be for a moment. Let's be together. Exhale. Notice your heart. Notice how your heart is beating without you asking it. Deep inhale. Exhale. Notice how your blood is being nourished right now with no money, no other thing except for life. Inhale, and I will bring them through a process. And this is where the body starts to slow down the thoughts. And then we get into a state. We have a state change. And then I'll ask them, what is it that they want right now? And if they go off into a cycle again, I'll go back to breath, go back to heart. Because heart and brain, they work together to help you simultaneously start to harmonize with the nature's laws, which is 432 hertz and the earth's frequency and also the ethereal, which is balance and the ohm, which allows you to get into the state of peace. When the thoughts start to rummage, you're, it's, a, it's just a cycle. And sometimes it takes a little more time than others, but yeah. breath and heart, we are abundant. Just reminding people of that love and trust. Brandy, you are amazing. Thank you. I am you. so, so grateful that you invested this time with us this morning. Um, I, I think, and, and what I think is really cool is you do exactly what you just did with the breathing and the, you do that on Facebook lives on your, on your page. Monday mantra. Yes. I yes. love it too. It's amazing. So mm -hmm. a, everybody watching this should have shared it out. If you didn't share it out, please do B 
go follow Brandy on her Facebook page. And I, I'm, I have your website up in the background is your social media. Yeah, it's all on mm -hmm. there. Um, all of the social media links to follow Brandy are on her website at brandyvale.com. And um, what's the best way to, to contact you if somebody wants to chat? Sure. Uh, you can go into my Facebook business profile right there. It gives you, we have a, a, a love bot. You can put the word power in to receive the 20 tips power for the brain activations. And um, if you want to just have a 15 minute session with me, I would love to do that. It's complimentary. I didn't mention I do intuitive consulting and channeling. So I immediately can help somebody. It's in 15 minutes or less. So, you know, it's there. I'm in service to the greatest good of all love. And if a person is in, in curiosity, um, I, I'm here. I'm here. So amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I think um, I, I think we we can do more together in the future yes. as well. So if you don't mind, stay with me. I'm going to end the the live stream and um, everybody have a fantastic day. Be blessed. Thank you, Brandy, so much. Thank you.